and welcome to Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up where we discuss all of the political coverage uh, that we have been covering this week uh, for One News. We are coming to you live from the legendary uh, TVNZ Beehive Studio. I'm Mikey Sherman. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. And I'm Benedict Collins. And kicking straight into our pits and our peaks for this week. Benedict, what was your Pit. Shall we start off with the pits? Yeah, well, okay, I'm gonna I was gonna try and make this a pit, but it's actually a peak. I've got a couple of peaks this week, so I'm gonna cheat. Hey, so I'm gonna start off. 72-year-old Dennis Hoff, uh, in the midterm elections in the US, he won a Nevada County district. Um, and this was impressive for two reasons. Well, for several reasons. Not only is his is he 72? He's also a brothel owner. But three, and most importantly, he's been dead for several weeks. And this is how much <laughs> this awesome. Nevada County District hates the Democrats. They still elected this guy comfortably. They said his majority actually grew once he died. I was going to defend the age thing because Winston Peters is yeah. around the same age. Um, then after the um, he's actually dead thing that was going to be cruel and unkind. So, so um, Yeah, maybe New Zealand First doesn't ever need to find a uh, new leader, right? <laughs> So does someone at the brothel get to pick up the seat, or what happens there? A bit of a succession I think, there? Yeah, I think they basically hold another uh, mini election in a few weeks' time That's once amazing. he's ruled, uh, yeah, officially That's out good. of the running. Mm. Yeah, so Mine, that was that was wow. my pit peak. Mine is to do with the midterms as well, um, but slightly more serious perhaps. And that's the journo who got, um, who confronted Donald Trump, the CNN journalist, who was wanted to ask another question. Now, I don't think that was great form. It was a bit messy and it was a bit untidy, but we've just found out today that his accreditation has been suspended from the White House. And I just think from a journalist's point of view, it is our job to challenge world leaders, it's our job to hold them to account. The president said at the time, um, you are a rude, terrible person. I think he got his feelings across, he said his piece, the journalist sat down. Um, But I just don't think it's up to the White House because they didn't like something the way that they confronted him to then be able to go and punish them. And there's nothing that that journalist can do now. So I just think it looks, because they didn't like it, it looks churlish and it looks petty. I feel like we might have some personal experience with that sort of thing, um, but I can't quite put my hand on how. Now that is the Inside Inside Parliament podcast, uh, which you, <laughs> yeah, you, can you check are out all later. not privy to. Yeah. Um, so anyway, my uh, pit is um, about fireworks, um, Guy Fawkes, Guy Fawkes Week. Um, every year um, I get so ha which means, you know, just annoyed um, with the amount of negative coverage um, that fireworks gets, like people just moaning and and saying that it should just be left to public displays only. And oh, not I'm sort of one of those people. Oh my God! Think yeah. of the children, yeah. Jess. Yeah, Do you, go are to you the a dog display. owner or a cat owner? No. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah. No, I just I just think that it's. I feel like in a controlled environment, it's better. But anyway, that's um, um. Well, I feel like that so I've got I to invite your... you over to have a bit of fireworks with my four adorable children yeah. who love it, oh. uh, and then um, get you to explain yeah, yourself that, to them. I reckon yeah, it's almost almost your peak, isn't it, Guy Fawkes? You, you're so like excited you came peak. into the office threatening us if we were anti Guy Fawkes yeah. earlier this week. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't get that this, memo. Conversation. I flipped on Guy Fawkes when I had a dog. I hated it. I thought no, no, no. And now that the dogs, you know, moved on with Dennis Hoff to the next world, um, I kind of look around and like Cannons Creek's been like, you know, Vietnam in the height of the war last week. Loads of people having heaps of fun. So I've kind of, yeah, maybe flipped. You flipped flipped a little. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. My my peak has probably um, 
turned my frown upside down. I have to say, at the beginning of the week, the idea of going to Dunedin for the um, Labour Party conference did not fill me with joy. Um, in fact, I complained about it a little bit. Um, sorry to Brent and Ross, who are, who are fabulous cameras in um, Dunedin. I wasn't thrilled about the idea of going down there. Went down, had a great weekend um, in the city of Dunedin. It was really... Um, it was a good experience and it was just a beautiful city to be in for three days. So we very much enjoyed that. Whatever you're about to say, don't say that. How much was it for a <laughs> litre of wine down there? $18 for a <laughs> litre of wine. Um, so that it was great. Least we won't go with that. That is also part of the Inside Inside Parliament podcast. But my peak was just the, um, the actually being in Dunedin. Um, I haven't spent heaps of time there and I really enjoyed it. So that was... For something that I thought wasn't going to be good, I really enjoyed it. And we were obviously there to cover Labour's uh, annual conference, so let's take a look at my track from there. Grant Robertson, centre stage and loving it. Delegates, it is my absolute honour to speak to you today, not just once again as Labour's finance spokesperson, but this time as the Minister of Finance. He told Party Faithful 2019 will see a well-being budget, a first for the country. We're moving beyond GDP, not just to look at our financial health, but the well-being of our people. But he admits reporting back on progress will be challenging. That's especially so in, in the social capital area where we're trying to look at, at things that are more intangible. While traditional fundraising still evident, delegates heard about the importance of donations. Fundraising was the most successful, most successful we've had in a generation, possibly ever in the history of our party. Jacinda Ardern's star power taking major credit. She comes in, up goes the membership, up goes the money. I think she bought in over a million dollars. Someone mentioned yesterday this is the biggest change since Michael Joseph Savage came to power in the 30s, and we feel that. With money already in the kitty, the party's National Council signed off its 2020 election strategy, taking nothing for granted after a decade in opposition. We really must not assume the victories of last year automatically transfer to nine years or 12 years. Or People don't actually have to re-elect us, so we're going to spend the next few months proving that we deserve to stay in government. The momentum just needs to keep on going. We just need to keep on moving along get that next election under our belt. As a wise person once said to me, when it comes to the wellbeing budget, let's do this. Last year's election mantra getting a tweak to take it into the future. Okay, so um, obviously there are lots of things we can talk about in terms of that conference, um, and so hopefully, hopefully get through a few of that, a bit of that um, uh, as we talk. But a um, few of the key things uh, as a starting point for me, um, obviously from the members' point of view, huge um, sort of um, celebratory vibe there. It's obviously um, you know been a year since they've taken over power. They came off the back of almost a decade in opposition, so naturally the vibe um, hugely different at this conference and we saw that um, in terms of the detail though that would probably be one of my biggest sort of cr critiques um, is that it was light on the detail I feel like sort of almost every day Jess and I were sort of scratching around trying to see um, what we could put into a track um, because uh, as I say there just wasn't that much in terms of the meaty detail that you'd want um, sort of policy wise or other 
Uh, we weren't sort of privy to any of the sort of big debates or discussions. Um, uh, all we heard were the speeches, which are very much scripted. Um, and so that, that to me was perhaps a little bit disappointing. So, so were you guys excluded for sort of quite big parts of the conference over the weekend? Yeah, the, the parts that we want to be included on, um, we weren't. Was that and, policy discussions yeah, and stuff like that? and we were in the, at the National Party Conference last year, so just, just we, we weren't allowed to be part of some of that. So that was a bit frustrating from a journalist's point of view. But I guess from, uh, from Labor's point of view, the fact that it was a little bit of a ho-hum um, conference probably plays well for them. Do you know what I mean? I think on the Friday night we had... Um, the Carol Shrewbrick stuff, which seemed to overshadow a lot of the stuff that they were sort of trying to get across with the Prime Minister doing various events. On the Saturday, um, there wasn't a lot for us to get into, and I think that I think that they probably, on reflection, um, would have done something more on that Saturday. And then I think on the Sunday, um, we had the um, policy announcement, and that was the big the big rah-rah speech from the Prime Minister. There were 1,200 people there watching, um, according to the Labour numbers, and that announcement was all about um, about teachers for special um, education. So there was 217 million announced there, and that seemed to go down well with the party faithful. It was something that they were... Um, receptive to we had a few teachers we sat sit right at the back um we have some media tables and then there were a group of three or four teachers just to the left and um every time the prime minister said something about special education um allowing the teachers to get on with their job they would they were up and they were cheering um and and yelling out thank you and things like that so i think talk about you know getting your audience and getting them on board i mean let's be honest it's not a tough audience for her is it so I think yeah. these are the these are the core party faithful. And there were lines queues around the around the block. To yeah, get in, were there queues <laughs> around the block? And um, and when I went out and spoke to some of the party members to get a feel of you know how they sort of received her speech, um, a lot of them, as you say, they were teachers, um, but many of them weren't surprised that Jacinda Ardern touched on um, an issue. Um, around children obviously that's sort of you know close to her heart um, it's one of the things that she's always sort of um, prides herself on in terms of areas that she's interested in um, and so yeah that was good yeah the Saturday though um, it, we had Grant Robertson as you would have um, seen and heard in that track that we just played um, talking about the wellbeing budget uh, for 2019 it wasn't um, anything new that we didn't already know and then basically he was like I've identified five key areas um, by the way I'll tell you about it next month um, at my um, budget, budget policy statement so announcement <laughs> and I just thought well what's the point of bringing that out buddy um, I think so the, I reckon the point because he said that look mental health will be part of it I think the strategy for that was probably for us to concentrate on that bit and wait very patiently for the rest of them but of course you know we yeah. don't we get annoyed we're detail with people having, we yeah. need the details <laughs> um yeah so um yeah but apart from that it was it was good i i did enjoy the um president's speech actually um which also featured in that track uh nigel harworth's speech because basically you know we sort of we're always covering these these parties and their personalities um and by that i mean their mps um but we hardly see the the sort of um inner mechanics um of the party and so basically i felt like that um, Nigel Harworth lifted the hood 
on the party mechanics, we got to hear about some of the key issues that they need to focus in on, which is around that finances. Um, they've obviously struggled uh, in previous years. Um, obviously, a huge boost now with Jacinda Ardern. But also, it was interesting to see that they're currently um, they're already uh, looking at election 2020. He was talking about the fact that they're currently um, in the process of appointing a campaign manager. Um, and campaign chair. They've already had the National Council sign off their campaign strategy. Um, so all of that um, is, is good to know, I think, um, just so we can see the sort of inner workings and um, a bit of the thinking in the background when we're looking at these parties. So that, that was interesting. And talking of strategy and inner workings, um, that segues quite nicely to the Jamie Lee Ross development that we had on Monday. <laughs> The lid has been lifted on what happened behind the scenes before National first went public on the Jamie Lee Ross saga. He has asked for some time away from Parliament to deal with some personal health issues. Privately, Jamie Lee Ross was promised he'd be back in Parliament if he stuck to the script. Simon Bridges telling his MP he's prepared to forget about his inappropriate behaviour. But if you take the statement for you, and your behaviour subsequently is good, I will never refer to the matters we've talked about on Wednesday, Thursday again. I'm sorry about our conversations on Thursday. I'd suffered pretty badly on Wednesday night. I was not in a good space. I'm sorry for our conversations subsequent. I didn't mean that. Mate, we, we were like such best buddies six months ago. So you're prioritising your MP over those four or five women? No. Um, I was, as I said to you, balancing those complex issues and I know I dealt with them, National dealt with them in the best way in the circumstances. You, you about in the recording, Mr Bridges trying to convince Mr Ross he won't lose face. You shouldn't see this as any kind of end. You're way back and there is like a long history of members of parliament who've done far crazier stuff than you have, Jamie Lee, who've come back and been very senior ministers. In the conversation, Mr Ross is also concerned people will think he leaked Simon Bridges' expenses, so they practice their response. It'll be along the lines of... Is it to do with the leak? No, it has nothing to do with the leak. Do you still have confidence in Jamie Lee Ross? Yes. Is he getting the support that he needs? Yes. Nikki Hager wrote the book Dirty Politics about the National Party. To the public it looks like more craziness and stirs going on in the National Party. But I think what we're seeing is some very deliberate politics. And that's the politics of a group in the National Party trying to destabilise the leader. This has played out over a month. The announcement on Mr Ross's health started it all. Two weeks later he came to Parliament to say he wasn't the leaker. And the next day he released recordings over inappropriate donation allegations and went to police. Since then more recordings have dripped out. Today another instalment. So on Monday we of course had another secret recording coming out and this one was 18 minutes. It seemed like the top was cut off the top of the conversation but it basically was the three, Paula Bennett, um, Simon Bridges and Jamie Lee Ross discussing yeah. um, what was going to happen. It took place half an hour before Simon Bridges fronted up um, to the media in Auckland. So I think you could feel 
that they were quite keen to get off the phone and you could feel that Jamie Lee Ross was quite keen to go through things. Um, and he actually sounded quite emotional um, at, in bits of that. And I just think for us, with all, the, all of the rights and wrongs aside, what was interesting is listening to all of them talking. Now, I don't think there's any doubt. And how, and how they talk about to each other, yeah. right? Whereas we always get the, oh, you're talking to the media kind of comments, whereas here it was sort of yeah. the, the three of them talking. But I think there was no people. doubt that they knew they were being recorded. I think you can tell. But it yeah. was still an insight mm. into what goes on when the cameras are off, which I found interesting. It did sound quite polished, didn't it? it did sound quite polished in terms of what you're saying. I think, I think just aware. Knew, yeah, they yeah. were aware that perhaps they could have been being recorded. Um, and when you talk about it's interesting to sort of view the dynamics there, one thing that sort of um, struck me was when Jamie Lee Ross was talking about, um, you know, Simon, we've been really and good buddies for the last six years how did we get here you know that sort of sort of personal sort of side of um of, of things that's gone wayside um mm. yeah I, I thought it was yeah quite interesting you saw um you know, simon bridges and paula bennett like just repeatedly shutting the door on him like no no you're gone and you're not coming back this year mm. um and, and we still don't really know you know they kept mentioning the disloyalty obviously we know about the harassment of uh, numerous women we're not really exactly sure what this disloyalty stuff was, but it was clear they wanted them gone. And, you know, when I listened to Simon Bridges saying, oh, you know, maybe if you come back next year, and he, and he made that comment around, oh, you know, you know, previously people have done way worse than you and gone on to be really, you know, senior ministers. Like I'm not what? too sure whether that was <laughs> genuine or whether they're just trying to get him out. Yeah. And then, you know, shut the door on him once he's once he's out of Wellington and out of, out of here. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I think <clears throat> when I listened to it and, and you you hear that Jamie Lee, uh, he sounds quite upset, you know, in parts of it, and, you know, he, he says at breaking point and stuff like that. And then, but then I think also, you know, he, I think, you know, he's probably the only one who's certain that that phone call is being recorded, and he's probably got intentions to release that as well, and whether that's on his mind. Or, the other thing is, if you're recording every conversation, you know, you can have apps on your phone that do that, maybe you're just genuine or all that, I'm not sure. Yeah, I do think bigger picture with all of this in terms of the timing, having it on the Monday morning yep. just before totally Simon derail, Bridges. Yeah, derail his weekly media your, round. Yep. yep, and I just think that you know in a sitting week, which we've had, and let's be honest, it hasn't really dragged on past Monday and Tuesday this week. But setting the scene, it's important for political parties to feel like they control that message, particularly from that Monday morning, and they're losing that, and it's this death by a and, thousand cuts. And after last week, where National was really strong on Carol Srubik, um, you know the um, the Czech drug smuggling immigrant, they were really strong on him all week. Then Monday morning, and you know, it kind of throws Simon Bridges off again, rather than being able to go on the attack and you know do what the opposition yeah. should be doing. Um, yeah, really got him back on the back foot. Yeah, I, I think it yeah it didn't really carry on sort of all petered out by sort of Monday night. Um, yeah, we asked <clears throat> Simon Bridges again, because that was one of the things that was quite frustrating, is that um, Simon Bridges does his round on a Monday morning, and so um, our breakfast show, for example, had just got the information quite soon before the interview, and Jack did a great interview, Jack Tame did a great interview with him, but then you have time to step back and percolate, and we wanted to ask more questions, and Simon Bridges refused to do um, another round with the press gallery, so it was a bit annoying then having to wait for the for the Tuesday um, to talk to him about that, and for from a media point of view, you can't call him out on it because obviously he's spoken to the he's he has been interviewed on it. He has on, answered questions on our network, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. on our network. Yeah, but yeah. we just didn't have 
it wasn't us doing it and it, and it wasn't after we've had time to go through it all and, and do it. So yeah. that I guess that's probably why it dragged on to Tuesday. And then Tuesday. that Tuesday morning, he wouldn't answer questions in a stand-up room. He's like, yeah. no, no, I've answered that yesterday. I've done it yesterday. I've done it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, he, you know, he's pretty quick. And there's a little bit of behind-the-scenes the stuff but, for you. Yeah, but one thing I do wonder, you know, Jamie Lee Ross, he's, he's away on personal leave. You know, he's, he's not commenting personally. He's not releasing these tape recordings. Uh, you know, is it in the best interest of his mental health to keep this issue in the media spotlight like it's happening? You've got to wonder whether that, you know, really is helping or more detrimental. Yeah, and that sort of raises questions about who who is releasing this information, why are they releasing it? I think that we need to question that. I mean, obviously we heard from Nikki Haga there who's um, sort of been putting the spotlight on that side of it all. Um, and and are they working in the best interests of, um, of Jamie Lee Ross or is there something more sinister at play here um, if he's not in control of the release of what you, you have to agree are, are his recordings? Um, and then the other questions that are raised now is, can can you know, can we trust to speak on the phone with anyone, MPs, media? I mean, it, it's quite chilling when you realise that perhaps all of your phone conversations are potentially being recorded, um, and you don't even know it, and it can be released publicly um, like that. So I think, what sort of impact does this now have in terms of you know, sort of exchanging of information? Um, just not even just sort of leaking of sort of confidential information, but just general conversation. You just have to always be aware, perhaps, that um, this could be recorded. I better not speak out of turn oh, no. on any certain thing. Yeah, yeah, I thought Five Eyes were listening to all our calls anyway. Yeah, definitely to yours. I'm just more, con- very I'm more convinced <laughs> now. Um, I'm more convinced. Any- it, it really interesting to see also that New Zealand First has picked up Jamie Lee Ross's um, mm. proxy vote, yeah. um, agreeing to sort of cast it. Um, the other interesting thing on that is they're agreeing to cast it in line with National. Um, so obviously, I'm not surprised by it because I think New Zealand First has always sort Are of there? pitched itself as, um, you know, that, that in terms of um, Parliament Parliament's processes, everything needs to run smoothly. Um, yeah, he but has, why get he has a vote. Well, well, but, someone but for has Winston to do Peters it, to be able to rub a little bit of salt in the National Party's wound. Yeah, Yeah. I I think it suits him to a T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ride the high horse. He he wants to do the the best by the constituents Yeah, especially if it infuriates. And that's why they're allowing it to be Mm. aligned with that. So, yeah, not not surprising. Talking of the best for the constituents, um, our Speaker Trevor Mallard and Jerry Brownlee went over representing the constituents of New Zealand in Japan for us this week. It was a fleeting visit to Japan for two MPs to watch the All Blacks. A number of people from Japan thought it was an honour to be able to meet me. Opponents in Parliament, the Speaker Trevor Mallard and Shadow Leader of the House Jerry Brownlee were on the same team for their weekend in Tokyo. And Kiwi taxpayers were picking up the tab. In the end, it's the the people-to-people things that matter most, like most things in life. When you go all the way to Japan for only 24 hours and there happens to be an All Black game on at the same time, I mean, the New Zealand public are not stupid. The public will make their own judgment of it. I would not have done it. The two MPs say you'd be mistaken if you thought this trip was all about the rugby. They say they met with Japanese political leaders, students, academics and put in a good word for Kiwi exporters too. And they did all this good work around the big game. In Wellington today, not everyone was buying it. I think it's a bloody waste. Absolutely terrible. I think that's grand. Yeah. The All Blacks need all our support. Mixed views too in Christchurch. <laughs> 
It's a joke. $24,000 could go a long way. Teach, help the teachers, the nurses. Wouldn't we all do that? The yeah. pair got the backing of their respective party leaders for the trip, but ACT wants the money paid back. Uh, Trevor Mallard earns $300,000 a year. Uh, he can afford to pay back $12,000. I'm prepared to go with New Zealand companies' judgment uh, rather than the judgment of uh, members of parliament who uh, prefer dancing with the stars to attending here. With the Rugby World Cup in Japan next year, it's a sure bet there will be a lot more sports diplomacy to come. Now, this story was an absolute hoot to work on. Um, it was so much fun. Uh, I ended up in um, a stand-up with um, Trevor Mallard. I was actually in the stand-up with Brownlee as well, but the stand-up with Trevor Mallard in which he talked... Um, you know about the, about the reasons for the trip. Um, it was just hysterical. I nearly had tears running down my face as he talked about the sacrifice that they'd made to go. How he would have much rather, you know, be, stay at home watching this rather than going over there and trade. Oh, the trade! You know, this um, trade mission that they went on with the TPP just haven't been signed. I mean, this is absolute nonsense. I've got the statement. <laughs> I've got the statement here from last week, which they put out uh, before they went on their um, junket to watch the All Blacks for the price of $24,000. There is one tiny mention of trade in here. Um, it, it talks about the Japanese being interested in the number of women in New Zealand's parliament, uh, talks about uh, the Rugby World Cup next year and the World Masters Games in Japan in 2021. Um, yeah, almost nothing whatsoever was mentioned about trade before they left. Um, yeah, uh, a real junket. I want to know why this was not your peak. I feel well, like it was, but you guys didn't come back to me for my second peak, so that's ah. fine. I can, so that, that's fine. We're so my, really my, sorry. my second peak was the Trevor Mallard stand-up. It was yeah. really hard to hold the microphone steady in that one, um, and, and and yeah, funny to see um, you know Jacinda Ardern and um, Simon Bridges as well come out and talk about the importance of trade. I mean, these guys, I've got their. Um, they went to the embassy for drinks on the Friday night. Saturday was all about the All Blacks. They had a little bit of stuff and flew home Sunday. I feel like you get your best sort of deals done when you're drinking, though, don't you? <laughs> get your best information, like real talk. <laughs> Let's be honest. With with those trips, right? And we've been, you know, we've we travel a bit for work, right? It's never as when someone's like, "Oh, you're off to do the work trip," and they're, they're like, "Oh, that'll be amazing," and you're like, "It is," but it is busy and it's a long flight and it's hard work and you're upside down and the time zone and blah 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 blah. so I get that little part of it for him that maybe sometimes you know what I mean like there's way more to it than just getting on the flight I guess in this situation is though if you didn't want to go that much just say no just say no thank you because I feel like there's a sports minister who yeah. would have been kicked you know what I mean I just well, think I, I think you could even make the argument hey it's still blacks playing maybe you should have some political representation there yeah but but I mean, own it. To, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And, and it was so funny for them, you know, to try and hedge it all around the TPP. And Jerry Brownlee saying, oh, you know, it's so important that, you know, with the beef tariffs coming off that we learn about the Japanese diet. Like, yeah, sending those two up to Japan, you know, for a weekend is going to teach us, you know, these great insights about the Japanese and diet. And let's be honest, $24,000 in the scheme of things, it sounds like a lot to, uh, you know, like it's a lot to the average person on the street. It's not when you when you look at it in the big scheme of parliament, right? It's not a huge amount of money. But it's the principle of it and don't try and pretend that it wasn't important to have someone at, at the rugby just just yeah. own it and 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 get in that hey, corporate box so and um so trevor mallard has a history of um flying overseas to support new zealand sports teams and uh, just a year ago he was off to the um oh Ameri going back a year now <laughs> it's yeah. going deep he, he was off yeah. to the america's cup yeah uh, in bermuda right 
he's flying and he was interviewed by the New Zealand Herald and he was saying um, it was quite cool. He said he's paying his own way and he's, um, I think he might have been our only member of parliament who was heading over. But anyway, in, in the quote in the New Zealand Herald article, he says, oh, and, a, and I'm flying economy. I don't see any ministers back here flying economy, um, which which is quite funny given he and um, Jerry both obviously flew business class up, yeah. to, um, yeah. up to Japan, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah of course, yes. was his answer. Yeah, so that, that was a real hoot. But it's week, not the story. first, yeah, and, and I, we can all see, mm. I think, just how um, into the story Benedict was, but it's not the first time that... Um, Politicians have had their snouts in the trough. Oh, <laughs> you you own that throw then. That's all on you. Anyway, check this out. Tukurangi Morgan was seeing his lawyer today, following last night's revelations of his clothing spend up on Aotearoa Television Money. His boss is defending him. I'm waiting for you or any member of the public because our investigations at this point in time have not demonstrated that even one dollar. Uh, was spent uh, on anything other than the purpose which the contract was entered into. The leader of the New Zealand First National Coalition keeping a distance. No, I don't have a view on that. The ATV uh, may have a view on it, but obviously that's a company that I have no control over whatsoever. But some in Mr Bolger's party have strong views. I don't buy $95 underpants. I'm sure you can't afford it. Only people on the public tit at Aotearoa Maori Television, with blank checkbooks, seem to be able to buy $95 knickers. Others are less strident. Doesn't it? I wonder if MP backbenchers on the list could get that kind of deal. I, I don't get one. I mean, at the moment we've got a bit of a witch hunt going on, uh, and I, I really don't believe in witch hunts. It's, it's just another issue um, that we have to manage, and uh, I mean, I, I don't see it as being a, anything that's... Uh, that we can't overcome. It's just, just part of being part of the coalition. No, I, I don't wear boxer shorts, so I have no comment on them. $89 pairs of knickers of any kind? It's quite expensive, yeah, I'd have to say. More expensive than I can afford to buy. I can show you that I'm just modestly dressed. SOE Minister Jenny Shipley more circumspect. Uh, I think what the public are wanting to know is whether ITN spending is uh, comparative or extraordinary compared with what other television stations. TVNZ's head of news, Sean Brown, says his reporters receive between one and three thousand dollars a year on strictly receipted clothing. It's not for underwear, shoes or jewellery. Presenters are provided with an on-air wardrobe which remains the company's property and is sold after use. So that was uh, 1997, uh, that, that story. I can still remember talking about this story at school. I think I was seventh form that year. Um, but, you know, I can still remember it way back then. I did then. a and speech that, on it at school. Yeah. So um, <laughs> um, it shows my age and also um, how perhaps... It, how it sank in with the public, eh? Yeah, and mm. just in, into politics even back then. I remember writing it um, at my nana's kitchen table. She, um, was a, she was a great script writer and she'd sort of guide you through it, and I, I still remember writing it. What was and the for, theme of your speech? Oh, just the it. outrage, obviously. Yeah, yeah, the indignant outrage in it. Um, but also, I really loved watching um, those voxies there. Imagine being the reporter that was like, okay, right, you go down to the caucus and you <laughs> ask them if they spend that much money on their knickers. Okay, go. And just that you can just see the hmm. going in. And, and I liked the offer to show and demonstrate <laughs> yeah. for you. Offer to show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll show you. Did it. No, 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 we're fine. So I do think, um, yeah, it was just one of those hmm. stories that really resonated with people. It was awesome. And a few familiar faces in that story as well that are still 
um, still very much in the political scene. Well, I don't think he'd done anything wrong, was it? He had his own clothing allowance. He's allowed to spend it on what he wanted, wasn't he? No, we're not allowed to spend it on that. Without clothing allowance. Hey, well, and, the, well, and, the, and the allowance hasn't moved much, no, has it, to, in, in you 20 have, years? You have to be able to see it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not commenting on that, buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the allowance. Thank you very much, TVNZ. Yeah. 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 Totally. I don't know about this guy. Okay, let's, let's <laughs> switch direction. Um, Mikey, when we finished talking about the Labour Party, um, felt like she had to add something more. She really wanted oh, to add no. <laughs> about, the, um, about the musical entertainment there. So um, what was your final thought on that? Okay, um, so they had their big act, which was Three Houses Down, um, and General Fire, who's a young sort of um, up-and-coming, mind you, he's already risen, he's a star, all right? Awesome. And basically, um, it was just so funny because, you know, they played three songs, some of the catchiest songs out, you know, people pay money to go and see these guys, and it was just not the right tone for Labour. I mean, they could hardly get off their seats. Well, they didn't, and they didn't even know the words. He was like, sing, and they were like... <laughs> don't really know the words. The majority of us it don't was a know bit the of words. Like that was quite, but that was Honestly, as far as it went. That was worse than something I've seen on Barney. It was terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just a little wee note. I was surprised though, given how enthusiastic the prime minister is about her music and that that they didn't really manage to hit the right note. She might have been there. dancing backstage. She would have been. Sure. She would yeah. have been. But in yeah. terms of the party, mm, probably needed something from a couple decades back. I'd say. Do you feel better about getting that off your chest now? Just a little bit. Yeah, so, like, you got to appreciate people's talents, you know? Yeah, hey, I think Did so. you guys have some cheese rolls down there? Oh, yeah. Are we they did overrated? Or? Um, it was the first time I've ever tried a cheese roll, and no, they are not overrated. The hype is all true. The, it was everything I dreamed and more. So on that note, <laughs> it's been good to have you with us. Do you want me to read the outro? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's been great to have you with us on Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. We're on Facebook, Twitter and on Instagram. It's available every Thursday evening on the One News Facebook page. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Yeah.